And now, detailing success in PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue-collar entrepreneurs. Hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both Detailing Success and the Detail Mafia, Rennie Doyle. Good morning, everybody. What's up? What's up? Hello. Oh, we can't hear you too good. Let's bring that speaker over here. Barry, what's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? How you been? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. good. It's, it's good. exciting. Finally. Finally. Yes, yes man. We, we got you on. So, hey, we got some business to take care of, so hold on tight. What are you looking up at, man? You look at like Stevie Wonder, dude. No, I got I got a couple monitors because I always like oh, I, gotta raise, I, was like, I gotta raise my camera up. You know what I mean? I thought like, you were gonna start saying we are the world or something like that, man. No, no. What it is is my head's so big, so okay. I need monitors to see them all. You know what I mean? So gotcha. I, I'm actually like growing as like an entrepreneur. I think I'm. I, if not, I look like I am. Yeah. You know there I mean? you go. That's it. I'm we trying got- to play the role. So we've got a five-day training going right now, and nice. so before we before we go any further, there's there's one or two people you know, uh, but we're gonna have them come up right up here and say hi to everybody, and then we're gonna jump All in, right. take care of some business, and then we're gonna talk shop, man. So hold on two seconds, you guys, come on up here and just say hi, introduce yourself real quick. How you doing, Ray Kozuski, Ray's Mobile Detailing, Northern New Jersey. All right, Ray. Jeff Catron, Yon Talk Detailing, Winchester, Virginia. And that <laughs> another, another Eastern. Yes. Yep. Don't be shy, guys. Oh, too tall. Nathan Ward, Frontline Sign, Indianapolis, and Florida. I never, I've never seen him before. Hey, your your lens broke there, buddy. <laughs> what is it? What was it? What did he say? I don't know. He said, he said, never mind. We can't say it on here. I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> Gina Sandwich, Dirty Harry's Detailing, New Jersey. Right on, man. Right. Tony Mazzell, T-Line Auto Detail, Tatchby, California. He's one of our interns this uh, this month, so he's the junior intern. Harry's the senior intern. Harry Sandwich, Dirty Harry's Detailing, Florida and New Jersey. All right. So Harry, Harry, just, Harry went out and had uh, – a surgery that normal people just have one and he had two so just kind of an hairy style so oscar get up here oscar's in the house and hey, what's going on very oscar 805 detail shop hey, what's going on brother nice to see you all right so here we go so hey five days going on we're going to talk some we're going to talk business life um what's going on with barry what i've seen i'm going to give a little introduction uh we got a lot going on this next uh this next two weeks is crazy uh, around here, we'll be down at uh, Justin Lobato's coming into town uh, tomorrow, right? He'll be here tomorrow. So uh, we're going to do a uh, joint uh, event down at Uber Detail with uh, Uni and Carlos down in Corona, California on Saturday. Uh, and then we head back. Uh, we're going to the uh, – what uh, back to Chicago Auto Pros uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, and, the creators event. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We can't, we can't wait for that. Uh, we've got uh, coffee coatings and profits coming up all over California from Southern California, Northern California in the next 30, 35, uh, 40 days. So it's a busy time. Right now, let's concentrate on this dude that's here with us, man. So let me give a little uh, introduction to Barry. I, I like to say something kind of personal before he introduces himself. Um, you know, I, I watched this kid come up through, right, uh, as a detailer, and um, we had just started – we just done the Air Force One project, and this this company, Presidential Detail, pops up, 
you know, the internet was starting to get, you know, pretty, pretty uh, solid. And so I started kind of following. We didn't have, you know, Facebook wasn't around and stuff like that quite yet. But just started following, started seeing him at some events and found out, you know, he served. He was in the, in the Army um, and just started admiring him. So uh, flash forward is both of us kind of um, we share a lot in common, a, a tremendous amount. You know, he's, he loves his country, uh, loves people, loves small business. Uh, and then we uh, faith, you know, faith based, uh, loves history. I'll let him go into what he wants to go into there. But he gets me into a facility that not many people get to see when I was in Philadelphia. Blew me away, man. We, we, we just, it was unreal because I'm a history, you know, I was working on my master's at that time. I finished it right after that. And it played a huge part of finishing up my master's degree. Um, this guy, though, is a lot of people, he follows his feet. A lot of people follow their mouth. And you can't go anywhere just with your mouth alone. You got you to gotta follow your feet. And, and this, 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 this young man, as he's coming up, he started, started one brand of company, sold that. He's got, we'll let him go into his current brand of company and what he's doing there. Uh, but he started out just like a lot of us did, just like I did, as, as, as pushing a polisher, guys and gals. And so um, I hope that he's able to take and really influence and kind of share his journey, what some of the struggles were, some of the triumphs were, and we'll jump into that. So, Barry, introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Uh, Barry Thiel. I'm one of the owners of SB3 Coatings, and I'm actually with the IDA as well. I'm an RIT, CDSV with the RIT, and um, that's it, man. I'm just a normal, everyday guy like everybody else, you know? Dad, I, your dad, husband, all that good stuff? I'm yeah, a yep. And today is actually my son's 16th birthday. Oh, so, man. So happy, happy birthday. birthday to my son, Jake. Um, you know, it's an accomplishment for me to be able to see my son grow up. I think I, I never thought I'd live to see 40, but to see my son grow up and be here where I'm at today, man, I can't complain. I can't complain. Uh, at all. Life is all right. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, good yeah. news is it just gets better. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. And, and just, plus, uh, plus you managed to keep him alive for 16 years. So that's pretty good. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I right. did. Well, let me tell you. That's you my know, wife's I, doing having yeah. having kids about a decade in front of you uh, yeah you're still they don't they don't go away like you thought you did they hang around for a little bit you know which yep. we like you know but our, our oldest ones are all they got to figure it out now so good, hey so good. let's go all the way back now before we jump into this you recently were awarded something down at mobile tech tell us about i you know it, it was pretty cool um i watched the response so tell us what happened down at mobile tech this year uh, it, it was pretty unreal, man. I, um, the, I got the outstanding achievement award at mobile tech this year. Uh, and I was actually in, in all seriousness, I was pretty tired from mobile tech and I wasn't even going to attend the event. Um, but I was there because, uh, Karim Kham got, got an award who was also a fellow Mason. So mm. I was there to, you know, support him and I gave him a tie from our grandmaster. It's, it's like a Masonic thing. You know, we always try to give a pin or something. And they called him up and he was all excited, you know. And I was like, you know, I was happy for him, genuinely happy. And then they called my name out of the blue. And it took, it, it was a lot to hold the tears in. I was so excited. I didn't, I didn't want to show him too much, but I think I did a little bit. But, yeah, it was it was a blessing, man. It was, it was awesome. You know, I felt like everything I've been doing, paid off that night 
if that makes sense, you know, because it's not a monetary thing with me. For me, it's just like like you always preach, right? Let's make an impact on the industry and make it better. How can we do that? And about three years ago, I, I really started to mature, I think, in that aspect and look at the industry as a whole and say, what can I do for it? And I found a purpose and I've been driven by that purpose. You know, for me, that purpose today is just to help other detailers not go through what we had to go through to get where we're at today. If that makes make their yeah. lives a little bit easier. So that's what I've been focusing on these last couple of years. You know, and, and I think you're fine after your journey is not everybody will listen. They're going to do it on their own way. They're going to try to reinvent, but the five percenters, you know, they'll, they've got an ear and they're listening. Yeah. And, you know, we're seeing those people just propel themselves uh, to new heights sooner than we did. I won't say easier because you got to work. Shit's hard, you know? Yeah. Uh, you still got to put the time and the effort in and work for it. But with proper guidance, a lot of people are a lot more successful than we were. You know, I, you I know? sold my I sold my first detailing business when I was 19 because I said, uh, you know what, man? I killed it in this thing. I'll be a multimillionaire by the time I'm 25. A little harder than that. <laughs> you know, a little, a little harder than that. Didn't just just didn't happen overnight. And so, you know, um, so you, you, let's go all the way back is, is, um, how'd you get your start? And no, let's go back further than that. Come out of high school, going to, uh, you go into the military. What, what pushed you to, what, what was the motivation there? Uh, I'm not going to lie, man. I was, I was a golfer in high school. I detailed cars and I worked at a roller skating rink. Obviously people know that. Um, I, you know, I grew up, my parents didn't have the money for college and I wasn't ready for college. My mind mentally wasn't there. I, I struggled with reading and I just thought college isn't for me. So I woke up one morning, walked down to the recruiting station, talked to a couple people. Um, fortunately enough, I was able to pass the ASVAB. So I didn't have to go to the Marine Corps, you know, um, for all my yeah, there's three there's three marines by me don't say that too loud because they, they just gave me a great look man yeah hey, hey, he's never coming back on the program again i'm just saying but in all seriousness man you know i love all the branches and i do like to throw jokes but in all seriousness i ended up i wanted to be a linguist in the army which basically as a linguist you learn a couple languages and then you go work somewhere intel um, sadly it was like an eight year commitment and I didn't want to commit to eight years. So I ended up going infantry with a big sign on bonus and, you know, I got permanent duty station, ended up, uh, at Fort drum, Watertown, New York. It was 11 oh. Bravo. It was pretty cool. Right on. So going, looking back, you know, you go through boot, what, what, what did the military do for you? How, how has it helped you move ahead in life? Your relationship being a dad and a business, what, um, what did the military do? You know, discipline, it teaches you discipline. For me, it did, you know, a lot of discipline, even to this day, I struggle with discipline, but um, there was, a, there was a, a writing on the wall that I'll never forget when I was going through boot camp. It said, discipline must be a habit so ingrained that it has to be stronger than the fear of battle or death itself. Mm. And I'll never, ever forget that. You know what I mean? It, it just, to me, in my mind, it stuck with me saying, no matter what you do, don't give up stay disciplined, always put a foot forward and just keep driving and pushing. And I'm not a smart man. So I, I have to work hard to get to some of the things that I'm at. You know what I mean? Um, my brain works differently than others with my dyslexia and things like that. So I have some advantages and some weaknesses. What I do is I focus on my advantages and the good things. And I just let my weaknesses go. 
I, I don't care about. You know, focus on the positive, let the negative out, and life is all right. I can't, you know what I'm saying? So, are you, so are you alphabetically and numerically dyslexic? Yes. I'm dyslexic every which way possible you could think of, from words to letters to numbers. It's a nightmare. But when somebody types and they're a horrible typer, I can read it. <laughs> Me too. So I do have some advantages. You know? so, so, you know, and when you didn't, I, I, I really didn't start opening up this because, you know, I, I was diagnosed special ed kid, ADD. They didn't know that for a couple of years because our, our school district wasn't a real wealthy school district. So they tagged me with a lot of different names, you know, um, and then figured out it was ADD. But then it wasn't later into uh, high school that I figured out I was dyslexic on top of it. Uh, yeah. but I'm very fortunate because I'm not numerically dyslexic. Um, alphabetically yeah, dyslexic. It's bad with me, man. I so look at I, things and they go every which oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's funny because I can the word puzzles and stuff like that, man. I can see stuff. It's not hard for me, you know, to see yeah, word yeah, those, are, yeah. those are num easy. numbers, numbers. I'm straight up on that. So let me so so a little bit of a challenge. When did how old were you when you found out you're dyslexic? Uh let's see. I was in ninth grade, so I would have been about 14 or 15. How challenging was that? Did it bother you? Um yeah, it did, man, because I felt like I like I was I was a pretty popular kid in school. You know, I was I was on the athletics teams with a lot of stuff, had a lot of great friends that were athletic. You know, I I had a good life, you know, but deep down I knew something was wrong, but I was too embarrassed to say, hey, something's wrong with me. Right. You know, I don't understand this. And I couldn't figure out why I had to work twice as hard as the next person every time a book was put in front of me. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, then luckily I had a teacher in ninth grade. Her name was Mrs. Slosher. Um, I finally talked to her about a year and a half ago for the first time since high school. Uh, I seen her, I seen her husband on Facebook messaged him. I called her and I just wanted to thank her because this lady changed my life. So we talked for almost two hours on the phone, her and her husband, great people. One day um, I'm going to support one of their events this year. You know, they're in they're, They do something with horses and veterans. And so now I'm able to give back to her 40 years later at the end of this year for their thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. this lady changed my life and she don't know it, but I'm going to change the way they look at donations at the end of this year. You know, that uh, um, it's the that, least I could do. That is so cool. Um, so let me ask you this. So I, I've got Diane. My wife's taught me this, this saying. And I think it's cool because each one of us, you know, we all have our battles and challenges in life. Some are yes. a, lot, a lot deeper. And she said this one day and I said, hold on, what did you say? And she goes, I don't know. And we, we went back over it. It's one of those accidental statements that has stuck with us is that you can be vic you, you can be a victim or victorious. Yeah. So when you have, you, right. And so how did you get through? How did you, I've talked to being, being having that same, and you know, it's funny. Okay. So like, I'm going to say I didn't I didn't talk about dyslexia in my life until real recently. And it, it, and here's why is even being in my 50s, successful, all this shit is like I already had one thing against me with ADD that's onset to ADHD as an adult. It's mm -hmm. like I almost didn't want to admit to myself that there's something else hanging in there, you know, that yeah. I had another issue. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I, I get it, man. I do. And it, it, I think it's tough for a male in general to 
share what's wrong with them, you know, yeah. because growing up, you know, you're, you're a couple years ahead of me. I think Chris might be a couple years below me in age, but that, that, that age gap where we were raised, you know, I don't know about you, Rennie, but my parents were pretty hardcore, you know, like I never argue with my mom because my mom would beat the crap out of me if I did. And my dad, the moment he would say, Barry, I knew, just stop. You know what I mean? So we were raised to, I was anyway, to be this male figure, basically, the, the typical male. And for for somebody like that to say, hey, I'm, I'm weak at something, that's hard to do. But I think it takes a man... I, I think it takes a man to say, hey, I do have weaknesses. Right, right. You, you know, I do have my struggles because I do. I, I, I struggle with things just like everybody else. You know what I mean? Um, people yeah. see the good that we bring, but they don't see or know the bad that we have as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And right. for me, I, I always focus on the good. You know, the, the negative stuff I just throw out the window. I have to. Because if I dwell on something negative, I'm not focusing on something positive. And then well, my mind goes into spirals. So amen. I'd rather just stay positive, man. That's it. It, you know, it works so, for me. So I didn't have a dad. Okay. This this uh, on the screen, for those that are, are, are watching live or on YouTube, this was my grand, Italian grandma. You know, five foot nine. Yep. Um, terror. Um, most men were scared of her. Um, she was a solid woman. And, you know, when I, when I got, first thing they told me is I, and she was in the, in the room when they did it is they told me I was retarded straight out. They told her, Woo. Oh man. She's right. She started screaming stuff in Italian. She got in this, this lady's face. It was the assistant principal, uh, Mrs. Molina. I'll always remember her for not good reasons. Cause she always treated me like shit. Kid, <laughs> me down. She did. She put, all the, all the kids that had challenges, she didn't build us up. Mrs. Johnson, yeah. I've got a teacher in my life. Mrs. Johnson's the one that changed it. But you're right. And she's the one that told me my whole life through, you're not broken. There's there's nothing broken about you. You've just got you're to correct. stay for the challenges. You know, yeah. you've got to. Now, you know, and a lot of people, anybody, we all have challenges. You're, you're short, you're too tall, you're fat, you're too skinny, you're too, whatever, man. In this society, something's wrong with everybody, it seems. No, you're not. You yeah. are who you are. Yeah. And, and when, you, when yeah. you accept yourself, and, and I think you've done a good job of that, you know, of accepting yourself. And, you know, we went to an event and it, and it, we met, uh, you brought somebody in a company that I was like, what's a, what's a, what is a, uh, Yorable? Um, you know, I walk out in this parking lot and there's a, uh, Audi R8 with Yorable all, all over it. You know, and I was like, what the hell is a Yorable? You know, it's yeah, I met Michael and Chris and it's you're able and yeah. uh, we were at a dyslexic event. And so, you know, it 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 was it, I want to tell you and I've never told you this before. That was the first time publicly that I'd ever told anybody I was dyslexic. Yeah, it brought awesome, me out man. of that. You know, and it that brought me out good, of that because now we're good. trying to help people. You know, that was a great event, too, man. I'll just I'll never forget your face, dude, as we were walking through the Grand Lodge and we're up into his catacombs. And the first words were nobody don't take pictures. Don't wrap me up. Don't wrap me up. 
you're in catacombs where very few men have walked. And those mm-hmm. who have walked them are guys like Benjamin Franklin, to give you an idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and no, no photos. No. As soon as we get in there, it's ready. Publish this anyway. No, I didn't. I've never heard up. But I had to get a picture of some shit that Ben Franklin's one of my heroes because you talk yeah. about a brilliant, flawed in, uh, individual. He yep. was brilliantly flawed. If you read oh, his history, he was awesome. He was yeah. awesome. So yeah. we're sitting, we're sitting there in a place where Ben Franklin had freaking been in touch shit. And he's telling me, don't take a picture. I was like, yeah, right. That ain't going to happen. You know, <laughs> yeah. gonna I ain't going to put, I've never put it up. I've only showed friends. I'll show you guys at some point, but it was life changing. So, yeah. so, you know, and so a lot of people, you know, you're giving through uh, the lodge you gave to us that weekend. Um, you know, you've matured through times is that I remember the, I, it, I remember the, and bo- here's the thing is I think I, I don't apologize for being a man, man anymore is that we went, I went through a time where, we're and I told you we've had this conversation where both of us are a little pushy, not as bad as this guy over here. There's a guy over here that he tames me down, you know. Yeah. Uh, I learned from him though, because he doesn't take shit. Harry, I'm pointing at Harry. Uh, you know, Harry's just I mean, when it when when it when it said in the dictionary it says manly, there's a picture of Harry. Uh when it when it says manly with the mouth, there's a really big picture of Harry because he says what he feels. <laughs> And, you know, he's had to bring me back full circle. You can be politically correct, but you, you also got to be yourself. And I think you've done a, a better and better job of balancing that. And so yeah. how is that? Okay, so in a world, I'm going to ask you this. I'm not going to ask him that because I know what he's going to say. And it's going to be a four-letter word with a U behind it, you know, because he just doesn't give a shit, right? <laughs> but, you know, you're a little more in a spotlight. Yeah. How is it you've had to tame yourself down, tone yourself down a little bit just to be a little more 360 um, how's that paid off? What, what, how big of a challenge was that? It was tough, man, because like <laughs> everybody knows, and I can't hide the fact that I would say 10 years ago, I was pretty egotistical a little bit, a little bit, maybe a lot, but okay. I, I, I was, I was good at it. I, I, it just keeps going, <laughs> you know? Um, and you know, when I joined Masonry, I think 10 years ago, it'll be 10 years in September, I joined Mason. Well, when I got my first degree, um, I think that was a really huge turning point in my life when I joined Masonry, because here I was a guy who thought he had everything. I thought I had life figured out. I thought I knew what I was doing. And I joined Masonry, and it opened my eyes to a whole new world. Like, people think it's some secret society and this and that. But really, it's just about being a better person, being a better man, being a better father, giving back to your community. That's what Masonry is. And I always had good intentions, but I never really followed through with them. And when the things that I learned in Freemasonry helped me live a daily life now. It may not work for you, but it works for me. You know what I'm saying? And, and ideally, it should work for everybody. Um, so when I got into masonry, one of the biggest things they, they teach is to give back. You know, like if you have knowledge and you're not sharing it, it's wasted knowledge, even if you're using it. You know, so why not share that knowledge? 
And I take that same approach to life, business, and whatever, you know, just like everybody else, I make mistakes. But in general, I feel if you do the next right thing and stay positive with it, and if you can be tolerant, that's one of the words that I work on daily is tolerance. I struggle with tolerance. I get a little impatient sometimes, and I, I want to push harder, but yet not everybody wants to push that hard, you know, so I got to be patient. But for me, it's it's a well-balanced life of moderation. That's it. You know, if I can keep my life in moderation, nothing bad should really happen. You know, occasionally something good might happen. But in moderation, I feel that I'm happy. So when you look at our logo, you have a square and a compass and the letter G. Okay? They mean something to us. You know, the square teaches us to square our actions by the square of virtue. The compass teaches us to circumscribe our desires and keep them within due bounds. So in other words, if I'm one point on that compass and you open that compass up and the other point goes out here 10 feet in front of me and I take that compass and I draw a circle around myself. Now I have 10 feet of moderation in all angles, front, back, left, right, rear, never go out of that 10 feet and life will be okay. You know, so and sometimes I push the boundaries a little bit, but that's where the square and compass are. That's what they represent to us in Freemasonry. So we take these ancient working toils of operative Masons who were building King Solomon's Temple. And today, here we are years later, using them same working tools. But we found a way to develop these tools for life, you know, and to bring them within us. You know what I'm saying? Like in Masonry back then, they used a 24-inch gauge. Okay, that 24 inch gauge, what we were taught was to divide life into three equal parts during your day. There's 24 hours in a day. So the first eight hours of your life should go to work or eight hours of it during the day. Eight hours goes to work. Eight hours goes to rest. Eight hours goes to family and God. You see what I'm getting at? And that's where we learned with the 24 inch gauge. And if you look back then, everything was two inch block. You know what I'm saying? So with masonry, it, it's a development of yourself to be a better person. But what's unique about it is we get to share those developments with everybody in our lives. And that's, to me, I think that was the changing point in my life because masonry ain't about who you are, where you came from. It's about what are you going to do with yourself today and how are we going to act tomorrow? Amen. Simple. Amen. Amen. Eventually, eventually, those steps... You just keep building and building and building, you know, and one day you're at the top of this mountain and you're like, wow, how did this really happen to me? You know what I mean? It's because I took one one good step forward every day. The the old Barry, if you would have like this, imagine a hundred foot wall and you had a ladder going up. One side had steps every 10 feet going up this ladder. The other side had steps every three feet. Okay, sure. If you're tall enough and strong enough and powerful enough, you could jump from step to step on that 10 foot ladder. By the time you get to the top, you're going to be tired, but you might get there a little faster because you only got 10 steps. Me, I would rather take a three foot step each time, slowly get there, because now the base that I've built is a solid foundation and I can walk right back down. The guy going up the 10 foot ladder can't walk back down. He might get there faster. But I'm going to be silent and quiet. And when I get to the top, you're going to know about it. 
You see what I'm saying? Because it oh, was absolutely. a journey. And that's that's how I look at life now. You know, I, I really do. I look at life one thing at a time. I, I'm not concerned about five years from now. I'm not concerned from f- 10 years from now. Because, I, I, hell, are we even going to be here? You, you know what I'm saying? We're getting older. I heard somebody, I heard somebody use a great uh, analogy. Um uh, and, I, and I'm sorry, I can't give credit to where it was, but they said, you know, you look at somebody that planned their life out really well and had everything going for them, really it was at the top of their game was Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And, and everything changed. Yeah. A couple turns of, a pro, uh, 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 of blades and, and his journey ended, you know. We don't know when our journey's going to end, man. And you've got to, you know, I was telling these guys, I had a weird situation this last year where somebody very unexpectedly taught me for the first time in, in 56 years to live in the present yes. is to, to, to enjoy the present. If I had one thing to say to any, I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you're six or 106 is God, you got, you got to, you got to master living in the present. Correct. You got to master that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always easy. It, it no, it's not. no, it's not, but, you know, so, Hey, take take me back. Go to the back, all the way back. So you get out of the military. Why detailing? Uh, detailing was a peace of mind. I did it in high school. I, I was going to take a year off out of the military mm-hmm. because again, the college thing came up. Now I'm out of the military. Do I go back to college? The reality of it is, I wasn't going back to college. I wasn't even going to college. It, it was off the radar. So I had a year off to figure out what I wanted to do. I worked a couple odd end jobs and still stuck with detailing um, from high school. Went back to my former employer in high school when I was working and I fell in love with it. Um, when I got out of the military, I had my hurdles with my alcoholism. I drank it real heavy. It wasn't that I woke up and had shakes and needed to, but when I went out, Barry liked to have fun. You know, I thought it was normal to go get drunk, crash in a hotel, pass out in the parking lot. Like, you know, I thought those things were normal. I thought that's what, Hey, we're twenties. That's what we do. No, normal people don't live like this. Barry, you have a problem. You have a DUI, and detailing for me never required reading a book. You know, I have read them now. I've read your book and a couple others. You know, um, even though you haven't signed it yet, and I've only seen you probably fifty times since then. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll but you know, for me, detailing was hands on, and that's how I learned. You know, and I fell in love with the polisher. I fell in love with the movement of a rotary spinning, just cutting through clear. And when you think about the process that goes on from the time you hit that switch to the movement of your hand to the way the pad works, and then you apply heat, you apply pressure, you can develop some heat with the pad, you can work the paint. Like that all began to like work in my mind think, I love this shit. Like I love it. And then we know we know what happens after that. You get good at it. You see the before and after. Then I started working for my own ego. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, yeah. my own ego said, hey, this car got to be perfect. Every car has to be perfect. So I'm working for my own ego, and I'm realizing I'm not making money, you know? Because I was feeding my ego, not finding a solution for a customer, and then creating that experience for the customer, and then helping them later. You know what I'm saying? And bringing them back. I didn't care about that. What I cared about was the next car and how I can make it look the best to feed my ego. You know, and I got really good at it. And it was an addiction within itself. You know, that whole process became an addiction to Barry. 
Like, I need a car. I need to work on. I need to West. I whatever. It was, it was a mental mind fuck, right? Pardon my, pardon my language, but yeah, it was, yeah. you know. And today, you know, I, I, I try to teach guys. Yeah, great. We need to learn everything. You understand? You need to understand and have the knowledge of what you're doing. But where I always backed off was the business side. I didn't care. You know, I, I always had cars. Money was always coming in. I just didn't care. But then at one point, I thought, man. I've got to build something here. And that's when people found out who I was with detailing on the internet. And here I am. Uh, yeah, it's been a wild rodeo, man. I, I'm very fortunate, very blessed. Well, these guys walk in and when they walked into Monday, the first thing I told them was, Hey man, the detailing side, you know, the tool side, it's the easy side. I got yep. you. Relax. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's not easy. It's like any trade. You know, my, my brothers, two, three, my, uh, all three of my brothers are master electricians. It's easy for them now, you know. Yeah. The hard part is being the entrepreneurial side, yep. being the profitable side. And it, you want to be a 50%er, do you want to be a 25%er, do you want to be a 10%er, 5%er, or a 1%er? I always aim for 1%. I want to be the top, top, top. And I don't care about is, is um, you know, people, oh, my ego. And stuff. No, you know, I mean, okay, confidence and ego are two different things. Yes. But my thing is I had kids when I went back into this, you know, my second time entering back into detailing 20 something years ago, I'd already sold a, a you know, I already, I already sold my first business. I'm going to be a millionaire, you know, and it just, it just took a little longer to do that. But the business side of it is the sticky side. That's the side, that's the side that you've got to really in the sales side of it. Everybody, you know, everybody talks about, you know, I would much rather you, you give me a person. Okay. You, you give me Sally or give me Gina that's sitting right next to me. And Sally's this world-class detailer that can kick ass. And Gina is a world-class salesperson. My money's on Gina. Because if she can connect with people and, and sales, everybody thinks slimy. Uh-uh, man. No. I mean, everybody's, sell, everybody's a salesman. Everybody's yeah. a salesman. You're selling yourself constantly. And if you don't – if you and, and you can get good, you can get really good. And then when you bring your personality into it and you give your caring and giving back, you know, like well, you just illustrated, you're deadly. Yes. Competition's yes. going to hate you. You're going to have a lot of haters, you know, a lot of haters because mm -hmm. they're oh, doing yeah. things right. So now yes. let's jump ahead. So now I'm watching this, this young kid come up, you know, and I could sense a, a lot of things about you. I can see you starting to mature and you start this chemical company, you know, and, 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 and he sold the chemical company, and then he started another one. Run us through that time. Uh, so I was working with 3D for years. Mm -hmm. And sadly, things didn't work out between me and the general manager at 3D. I still have a great relationship with everybody. Um, it just didn't work. And again, it fell, it fell into – I fell in love with the chemical side as well, you know, because – I knew the machines, I knew the pads, I knew the paint, but I didn't know the process of the chemicals. How are they made? What's in them? Things like that. And working with Tunch at 3D for years will change anybody because first, Tunch is a, a, a great man, um, Tunch Gorn at 3D, absolutely phenomenal guy. But at the same time, Tunch is very open. And he had no problems if I would message him and say, Tunch, you know, I got this new formula you have. What's in it? What, what's it supposed to do? 
and eventually you begin to learn. And, you know, I had a chance to sit in a lab with Tunch and learn some things. And I fell in love with that side. And once you turn to that, how do you say it? I think like when you become a detailer and then you begin to work with companies a little bit, people tend to jump into it too fast. And I was one of those guys who did, but I already had all the experience that in the business and my business was booming. So I was able to make some time. Um, so when things didn't work out, I, I was upset that it didn't work out. And I thought I got to do something. So, yeah. So I started uh, with my partner, Scott Ward now with SB3. Um, we started a product company called Americana Car Care, which now everybody knows it as Americana Online uh, or Americana Global. Yeah, we so we sold that to Ceramic Pro. Um, well, to like one of the owners of Ceramic Pro and one of their guys. And, you know, today they're successful with it. And I, I'm so happy that they could take that brand and do with it what I always wanted to do at that time. You know, um, I'm a little more patient with my business. I like to build a foundation and slowly build business versus just jumping and going at it hardcore right away and trying to make the millions in the first two year or two. Um, so anyway, we sold that. We started SB3 coatings and somehow by the grace of God, here we are today, man. Um, it's just been, I feel like every day I wake up and I get to help another detailer. And to me, that's when SB3 is all about for me. It's a blessing. It really that, is. It helps me serve my purpose. That, that's that's awesome. So you know now you're you're at a whole different you know the detailing you you worked your way up. Yeah, and this is really cool. I'm taking notes as you're doing this, and you know I I was I've had some great mentors, and we'll get into that here in a second. But um, I, when I when I'm hearing you and I'm watching you and I'm witnessing you and, and others, uh, seven sources. You know I was always taught seven sources from a very young age, you know, seven sources of income. And, you know, you're going after that and, and somebody, you know, detail shop, God, how do I find that? It's right in front of you is you've got paint corrections. You've got coatings, you've got windshield repair, you got PPF. You've, you've you've got, I mean, it's there. You just gotta, you gotta open up. We taught these guys something this weekend where when we used to evaluate a car, I'd go from the down from the front of the car to the right, looking at the car around the driver's side, around the back, all the way 360. That was my evaluation of the car, opening doors, looking what the car needed from the detailing standpoint. When I'd go back around left to right or going going around it, that was the add-on evaluation. Yep. Is that I was looking at the windshield, the headlights, the 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 trim. Do they need PPF? What what else do they? What can I? You know, it McDonald's doesn't make shit off a cheeseburger. McDonald's makes a lot of money after on the add-ons going up a size, and you know, <laughs> they, they they you know they extra it's, large go do a meal deal and all that shit. Is there's a reason why restaurants do that, and there's a reason why we should be doing that? Oh yeah, so, I mean, when you when you look at McDonald's, I think they set a precedent of. How many different ways can you sell a cheeseburger and still make money? Right, man. <laughs> you know Amen. what I mean? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though I don't like it, you know what I mean. Hey, hey, so, so we've got some military personnel here. You got, well, you know, you guys were, you guys were regular military, but uh, we come out on 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 guard weekends, right? When you come out of your AT, and especially when you're op four, and you haven't had any any kind of fast food, I'm going to tell you, man, 
uh, I hate McDonald's, but when I've been in the field for a week or two and I haven't had shit to eat, McDonald's, oh, I don't know what it is, but I want some. I, that's the first thing. It's not Chick-fil-A. It's, it's McDonald's greasy-ass shit that tastes good, and I, I want it. It is filet mignon when you come out and you haven't had anything to eat. Then you got to learn how to eat an MRE properly. No, bullshit. That's it. No, no. That's, it. that's all no. it is. Survival. That's <laughs> survival. If I have to, that's why That's why you and these guys were full-timers, and I'm a weekend freaking chubby warrior. <laughs> that, nah, man, that's – you know, but I'll tell you, the MREs now is they come with this little saline pack of water, and you dump that into the heat box. It's done, dude. They've made it so easy. The new ones, it's like, what? what the hell? And so, God, we're going way off. See, you can't ADD, dyslexic. We're going to go yeah. way. We're going to get the hell out of here. So, hey, so we work there's a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. So, squirrel. So, we've seen a lot of changes. Rattle down. You don't have to go into them. What, what are the three or four, five, six big changes in this industry that you've seen? Oh, man. Could be one. Foam pads. I'll start there is my first one. Foam pads. I remember when they came out. God, that was uh, that was a whole new world. I I remember working wool and then wool again and then wool again, and then coming back. Um, oh man, I just had a brain fart. But coming back with that big dual action polisher, that was the gem, the gem orbital. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. my microfiber. And it, it's funny when you look at that because. You had this big gem polisher, and it was a DA movement, and it had foam and a microfiber pad. Remember yeah. the cherry bonnets? Oh, yeah. Now, what do we yeah. have? Microfiber pads on a foam, on a yeah. dual action, just re-engineered yeah. by – you know what I'm saying? So um, that I think that was like the first big change for me was foam because we all know that wool runs cooler than foam on a rotary. And when you first get like when you're cutting with foam and the foam that we had back then was not the greatest. Um, I think that was the first one. Then the, the, the next big thing um, I would have to say goes to Aaron at edge pads. If oh, you remember, like Aaron. Yeah, he, yeah. he's too cool for us now. Cause he's got scrub daddy making billions of dollars. Right. But you remember the click that 3M patent and bought out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal. Um, yeah. I, I, I think even though I'm not like experienced fully with waterless washing, because I always a pressure washer guy, I think waterless washing in general changed the industry overnight because now it gave a lot of people some things. Um, Rupes, um, obviously Amen. hands down flex with, with, with the force rotation, but ideally I think one of the, I think the biggest change that I see now versus then is now detailers are becoming entrepreneurs instead of detailers. Amen. I, I think that's the biggest change currently is it, it says volumes for guys like yourself, Rennie. Um, you know, the, I, I like to call you the, the older generation, even though you guys aren't older, I, I feel like I fit in that generation where I'm like five years behind people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm getting at. There's no, 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 totally. Like guys that people don't know about, like Greg Sweet. You know, when you look at Greg. Dude, that dude was making money before anybody was making money. 
Yeah, he's an animal. Jim Guggen. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't hear about these guys anymore. And those guys who've paved that way for us now, right. I feel like I came in at the end of that, and I'm still with the younger generation. Like, I, I, I'm in that middle class. You know what I'm saying? Like the Todd Helm, me. There's a bunch of us. Um, but when you look at us, I think you guys did a great job paving the way. And I think you guys created a foundation for something that – is impeccable and we can build upon that now it's up to us to push forward to give you guys a break you know because yeah. i know right you have to be getting tired with all these years into it you, you know what i'm saying i feel it after two Absolutely. years but i'm like, just getting my energy started yeah but you know what i'm saying though i'm not talking like physically tired or mentally tired i'm talking you've put a lot of time and effort into doing this oh yeah and paved the way it, there soon comes to a point where you've got to stop and just say, hey, Lesson, it's my life now. I'm done. Like, I'm always going to be here, but I, I got to turn more focus to my life and my family and my kids. And you, you know what I'm saying? And for me, I'm at the point where I need to step up to replace people like you. But at the same time, I want to learn from your mistakes as well. Because if I can learn from your mistakes, then I can help others below me learn from my mistakes and your mistakes. You see, and that's how tradition continues. Absolutely. And that's what I want to be able to do. And that's what I've been doing. Here's the you thing. Know, I'm going to read down. Notes. I'm going to share something with you. My mentors, I wrote them down right now. Art Scholl. Uh, a lot of people, if you're in aviation, you know who he is. He's the mm -hmm. guy that did all the air-to-air -air photography in the very first uh, um, Top Gun. When Goose got killed, Art Scholl got killed in that flash spin maneuver. Uh, that was the first guy that brought me into detailing. Uh, was he a mentor? No. He just got this 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 dadless kid. He made me cry several times. He toughed me up, and he showed me how to, you know, not only fly, but to make a buck. Okay? Then he goes yeah. down to Bill and Winnie Bartell. Bill and Winnie were contractors. They knew how to take and exchange time for money at a higher rate, but they were yep. still tired exchanging time for money. Then it comes into Walt Monique. Walt Monique is they taught me how to build a business that you don't fit your – you don't fit your life into a business. You fit your business into your, your life. Yes. Then Vince and Vince, millionaire, billionaire, okay? Vince is still going. I won't name, I, I, I won't name him because he's a pretty private person. But Vince is 80. He's 30 years older than me, dude. And you guys don't know who he is, but he's changed your life 10 times. And here he is. What he says is that, he, he's the one that taught me, and Vin, and Vin, Vince Smith, I'll say his name, he owned property here. He's a blue-collar dude. He bought a, a, a lumber yard and a hardware for, store for under a half million bucks. He just sold it for millions, the land, millions. And yeah. he's still going. And so what you're going to see is in the next decade is your empire, like, okay, my own father, I didn't know him, you know, growing up. We've got my mom, when she passed away, she challenged me to get to know him. He's 30 years older than me. Dude's 80. He's going to be 87 this year, right? Dude, he's, he's still building empires, you know? And so what you're going to find out is our industry is, is if we're infants, is that we are, we are the, the car wheel industry in 1903. They, we just figured out we're an industry. Yeah. Before we were, we were a side hustle. You know, we we're a joke. I hate to say it. We were. But now we're a legitimate freaking industry, and we're going to get into your coatings here in a second. But what's happening now is we've got 
a lot of people saying, oh, man, it's a young man's game. It's this and that is you're going to start seeing you're going to start seeing this first generation. I'm lucky because I look at Barry McGuire. I, I look at Gordon McCall. These guys, Gordon's just a little bit ahead of me. You, a lot of people don't know who the, who Gordon McCall is, but he he changed detailing for his life 30 years ago, you know. And so I'm watching that. I'm this first generation that's been able to empireize this thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I was Rome, you know, three thousand years ago, and so now all of a sudden, what's going to happen is we've got guys like you, women like you, professionals like you that are coming up through that are going to take and 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 even build bigger empires and they're going to oh, do it amazing. easier sooner and they're not going to excuse my french fuck themselves up you know by overworking and killing themselves doing it they're not going to have three divorces they're not going to have kids and well the kids might be in therapy because kids are a little weird right now um but they might you know is is you're going to do it the right way because there are generations that are doing it including yours so it's great points um so did you mentor up when you were coming up through? Did you have somebody in different parts of your life that you could go to and get um, constructive feedback and let them beat you up? Yeah, I mean, I really didn't um I, I, I really didn't get into mentoring, like being mentored, I think, until I was about 30. You know? I mean, I always got advice from people, always took advice. Yeah. But it may, you know as well as I do, mentoring wasn't really around then. It, yeah. And if it was it What's wasn't spoken that? like it is today, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, so, yeah, I always had, I had friends that gave me advice. David Fermani was a good, a uh, great friend. Still yeah, is. Um, the dude's killing it in the game right now. Um, but he taught me how to charge for my detail. You know, I was doing these jobs. He's like, you're killing the industry. Stop it. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm Ron, Ron Harris, guys like that. Ron Harris. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I do. I, 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 now I have a lot of mentors. Um, most of them are not in the detailing industry. Um, only because, you know, like I understand detailing now, you know, I mean, do I need mentors? Yeah. But I want mentors that are going to teach me other things besides detailing a car. I, I, cause I don't really detail anymore. I, I want a mentor that's going to be there when I say, Hey man, I had a shitty day today. This is what I did. I can't figure it out. Bounce some advice off me, you know. But I'm also very fortunate to have my business partner Scott Ward with me as well. Smart um, Scott. Scott's a very quiet guy. Um, he's actually funny and very outgoing, but in the public eye, he's quiet. Um, but again, like he's my yang and I'm his yang. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah, it's called um, Bob Phil Bob Phillips and I. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I like to spend money. Scott is cheap. And he's not for he's cheap. We'll have an argument about that, but he's cheap in my eyes. <laughs> I love to spend Bob Phillips money. Yeah, yeah. You know what you know, like, so now I have a lot of people that I bounce things off of. Um, and what's really unique is I'm in a position where people call me all the time for advice. And I learn from that as well. That's why I encourage it, you know, um, because it, it keeps me motivated, it keeps me fresh. But yet, I, I may not have went through the experiences that they went through. So it, it makes me a little more well-versed, you know. And as you begin to mentor and, you know, be a mentor and mentoring, it's 
it's a crazy cycle, but what I found is it's a good cycle. You know, it's not a cycle where I'm doing dumb shit all the time. It's a, it's a cycle that just keeps going. I get better. The people around me get better. And eventually what will happen is you'll find that you may become the smartest person in that room with your friends. When that happens, you got to realize you're in the wrong room now. It's time to move on, move up, you know, and that's what I try to do. You know, I, I try to grow consistently, but it, it's not financial growth no more with me. It's really not like it, for me, it's just genuine peace and happiness is what I want in my life. That's it. If you've ever talked to anybody and everybody has that one person in their life, if you've ever talked to them and you know that they're genuinely happy and they're at peace with life, it's an admirable treat like that they have a trait, you know, it's really admirable. And I think when you look at like, for me, one person, I think we can all relate to who I think has that right now in their life. You look at Michael Avins. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. You totally. Yeah. You, you, totally. you look at Bob Phillips as another one, you know? Yep. Um, and I don't know Bob like you do, but the guy doesn't age. Examples. Yeah. They, you know what I'm saying? Both of those people, when you look at them and you talk to them and you walk away, just they don't even have to say nothing. And you can see it's it. Depressing. You can feel it. You know, it's it's, and that's what I want to achieve in my life. It has nothing to do with being on the top. None of that. I, I want to know when I wake up tomorrow, right here, I feel good. Because right. then the rest is happening. You, you know you know what I found, and I want to get into your now, is that shit's going to happen all the time. You're, yeah. You know, people think as you get your success, life's going to get easier. It actually gets more difficult, more complicated. And you got to wake up knowing, man, shit's going to go down today. That I don't even call it bad shit because it's, it's called life. Yes. And you've either got to, and this is really me recentering myself after some bullshit that I let into my life. These people didn't bring it to me, I let it happen, right? Yep. I, I'm ownership of this shit, but it kind of got me on a it it knocked me out of my trajectory. Does that make sense? Yep. And it's me to write that trajectory and then wake up in the morning. And like this morning when I first wake up, I woke I like waking up slow. Usually I wake up on my own. This is one of the few days the alarm went off at five thirty. Usually I'm already awake, scared the shit out of me, turned it off, and I laid there and I just meditated. And then I prayed, two different things. I meditated for a bit. And the one thing I told myself right before my feet hit the ground was, listen, prepare myself for what's going to go right or what's going to go a little astray. And I'll call it wrong because yeah. even wrong things can be righted and be a good learning opportunity and, again, live in the presence. So I love that. And when you have people like Scott around you, you know, and again, Michael, I, I look at Michael and I look at Bob Phillips two great examples and i gotta think back what did their parents do because dave phillips is the same way his brother is yep. that had to be some amazing honestly i don't think i'm gonna have that i'm never gonna have that aura around me because i've got something in my wood pile i don't think it's gonna let me happen but because there's a little bit of a maybe a defense there, maybe a little chip on my shoulder. I've gotten through those things, but whatever they have, 
they're at another level. But my goal yeah. is, is to give that gift to the people that I can influence. And yep. I think the younger you start turning into Michael or Bob or Dave, is if we can get young people starting to turn into that, it's going to be a life habit that takes them well into life. Yes. Is, yeah. is I think it's not too late for me to have that. I just don't think my my water's got a little more white caps on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and so I'm okay with that because my, my edginess is what's made me too. Their calmness and their way of life is what's made them. I'm okay with being me and I'm okay with them influencing my life. Yeah. I've always told, and I need to tell Bob Phillips and Dave this, I haven't been around them as, as close as I am with their kids quite as much as I have been with Michael and his kids because they're in the industry. His children, you know, it's a family business. When Michael, when I'm around Michael, that's the dad I wish I would have been. Yeah. Hands down. Hands down. Can, do, 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 yeah. Does that make sense to you when I say that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of it portrays to Michael's success, too, as a person and an individual. Um, but in general, that's what I seek today. You know what I mean? Yeah. I seek yeah. humility, you know, yeah. but at the same time, I, I, I want to be confident. I, I, I want right. to be happy. I, I want to see others succeed and to be able to be in the position where I'm in today, to be able to do those things is, it, it's a blessing, man. And that's only like a 10th of my life at the moment right now to give you right. an idea. You know, it's funny is, okay, like, I don't know what it is about software guys. Jody, you know, from Road FS, yep. he's another guy. Rod, now Rod and I are a little closer. We got white caps. He's more like us. Mm -hmm. He's a little more edgy, but he's smooth white caps. He can go under, not that Bob, Michael, or or Dave uh, can't go into white water and handle it okay. They could. Is But I think that there's a there's people that are a little more accustomed to being in the wa rough water. Yep. You know, we've kind of grown up there. We like being a little bit one foot into the flames, you know. Some people like to fucking watch the world burn, yeah. and they're constantly fucking starting shit. And I, I that I, I I don't want any fucking part of that, no, right? No. And I'm sorry for those people, you know. Um, I I really I've got to, you know, I really believe in triggers, and so when I start thinking negative these days, is I think glass half full, man. I got a I got a good life, yeah. And 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 I got a saying now is if I, if you keep me awake. One night, you're out of my life, dude. If you're not, if, if you're not blood related or somebody that I I say I love you to, you can't you can't keep me awake at night. Yeah, I value it's, my sleep. Just get rid of it. You know, throw the trash aside. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Yeah. So hey, take this to modern day. So you sell, you sell, you sell your your company, and all of a sudden, we start seeing this SB three thing pop up. A little and bit. You've done. You've done and here's the thing is we've got competing products and companies. Dude, I love seeing your success because we're all making it happen. And yeah. we've got different audiences within the same audience. So where the hell did SB3 come from? Where, where, how was that journey and where are you guys going? Um, and tell us, what is it? Some people might not know about it, you know, yeah. living under a rock. So the, what is the, the first thing I want to settle is SB3. What is it? It's... We started with three products. That's where the three came from. Scott, Barry, and three products. Today, it's Scott, Barry. Um, we have a global team now. We have literally 10 
10 trainers in the U.S. Two of them are getting announced uh, next weekend. Um, one of them that's getting announced is a mafia guy. Bet you didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So probably do. Uh, yeah. So it's a good thing. Great guy. I know he's educated and I know he's good at what he does. He has to be. If not, I'm going to come back on you. <laughs> but you no, in all seriousness, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't explain it, man. I can't because I did this as a part-time thing. SB3 was a part-time gig to just to be able to serve the industry a little bit and give give some give give some back, you know. And we did hope we could make a couple bucks. Um, today, I think we made a huge huge impact on the industry. Um, not not just so much by saying we're a big company. But I think it's the way that we carry ourselves, we present ourselves, and I really, with everyone on our team, I really try to encourage professionalism. And I want them to know that the things I do represent them, the things they do represent all of us, you know, and we need to be better as a team. And so much, in fact, that next weekend, I have all 10 of our trainers, we're going to Orlando next weekend, um, because... My, my One of my hurdles was that I got feedback was every one of our trainings that we do, people are happy, but you hear one person saying one thing, one person doing another thing from different trainers. So I brought all the trainers into Florida next weekend. We're staying in the house together. We're going to eat together, live together, and we're going to develop a training regimen that is equal everywhere in the United States that we could take further, you know? Um, and it has to be done. Those are the things in business, you know? Um, so I, we did that, but in general, it, it, I don't know. I can't explain it, man. I've been blessed. SB3 has allowed me to live my purpose, to give back to the industry. That's cool. That, yeah, that's cool. That to me is why SB3 exists today. Um, yes, Scott, yeah. he made something different, but in general, it gives me a chance to give back and, share my knowledge that's it man and make a li and make a living yeah and make a living yeah. and doing what you love yeah here's the other thing i think that it, it gave it gives hope to where you know this journey that you went on the journey i went on i think a lot of people they take a they get you know harry is talking about this we had a we had a, we had a guy come to a one-day training okay one day came one day training three days later he's giving certificates out that he's a new trainer now um you know, again, your rungs, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that the ladder you climb? Guys, we don't mean to shoot your dream down, but you just gotta be you got you need to you need to drink some reality Kool-Aid yeah. on what it took to get, get here. Yeah. So but I think that what 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 you've done and and and, and what we've what what I did is is teaming up with, you know, you team up with Scott. I teamed up with the Phillips brothers. Yep. Is that it shows other people it's doable. But it's a one percenter. So you got to do the things to turn yourself into a one percenter. You don't do those things, it ain't gonna happen. Sure. And your first thing is isn't to be is you go from a ninety percenter to a one percenter in five years. It ain't gonna happen. No, it could no. happen in ten years. No, it could happen in ten years. And I like yeah, and that's tough. Like I like I have so much going on right now. Um, even with me though, I, I'm the type of person. I'd rather be a man amongst men than the man. You know what I mean? Um, realistically, like, 
it, it, it's hard to explain, but I just want, like, I want to better the industry in general. That's it. Um, but with that said, things need paid for. Bills, people have no idea, yeah. like, what it, what it costs just to go host an IDA training, like a CDSV, because we don't get paid for this. And I've traveled the country doing these now. Like, the money comes from somewhere. Luckily, SB3 is in a position to help pay for some of those things and even sponsor some things like that. Um, but at the same time, that's that's where it comes from, you know? And I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Scott. You know, Scott was actually yeah. my first employee I ever hired full-time. And wow. today we're business partners. Like, mm -hmm. none of this would exist. And that's the thing people don't realize is they see me doing all these things, but it's not me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, I, I'm the one executing, but I have Scott doing stuff. I've got other people doing stuff. What I learned to do was build a team around me that are good at what I'm not. And that's something they use that term, a term in the military is a force multiplier. Yep. Yeah. And now, now they, another thing I'm working on is, um, Time blocking. I don't know if you know what time blocking is. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but for me, I've been working on that, and that's helping me because I have a little bit of ADHD too. I'm I'm all twisted up sometimes, but the time blocking is really allowing me to gear my focus to one thing, and then the next, and then the next, and then the next. I'm, I'm going to share something that I was under uh, on the show, Undercover Billionaire. Yep. Okay. That, that guy, freaking amazing. A little. He, okay, a lot of entrepreneurs are, we've got ADD, ADHD, all these different challenges, right? We got it. Yeah. Who cares? Here's what he taught me. He has 16 alarms set throughout the day for his time blocking. <laughs> Every alarm going off has got a different title. Yeah. So I'm watching him. We got in a lot of trouble on the set. We got thrown off the set like three times. This guy was so much fun, and we filmed it. You know, we filmed it in Erie, Pennsylvania, and 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 it was it – was, uh, but 16 alarms, dude. Yep. So guess what? I've probably got 12 alarms that go off today. Some of them for the most simple thing in the world, but it sets it's 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 time management, and it's so yeah. important that you listen. There's a couple things you can't get back: time that you've spent and a word that's been said. Yep. You know, there's a couple things that you can't get back. Yep. Right. And so you've got to watch your words carefully, and you got to you got to watch your time carefully. Yeah, and so Chris, I'm going to ask him one more question. I just texted you three pictures, okay? So I'm going to ask him. I want you to bring those up on the screen after this next question. So, uh -huh. hey, what's next for you? I got one more question after this, but Chris going to pull that up. What's next? Where are you going? Can you share it? Uh, yeah, I got a couple things actually. Um, I I found a obviously people know I like watches. Um, I started with an SB3 watch for all of our guys. Um, I actually got one for you coming soon too, Renny. I was gonna say, um, yeah, you know. But um, so I opened a watch company to go to the Masonic people, um, and then I got approached about two weeks ago with a pretty big deal. I had a tool manufacturer reach out to me, and when I say a tool manufacturer, I'm not talking a little company. I'm talking a very, very large company. Um, reached out and said, hey, we're coming to the detail industry. We want to give you a piece. Um, and basically, I have full full build 
full design, full build out. They're bringing literally a factory here. Um, everything's going to be made here, produced here, done here. Um, I'm going to be the guy behind the scenes. I do have some ownership in the company. I won't lie. Um, not all of it, but it was enough that I know I get paid for my time. Uh, but with that said, we're we're going to come hard by the end of this year with a whole new line of polishers that could wake up the industry, I think. Um, not That's just awesome. polishers. We're talking lights, pressure washers, the whole nine yards. Um, so I do have that coming. That's in the works now, which will be pretty big. You'll see some stuff at SEMA. Um, I have, obviously, we'll be at SEMA this year. We, we kind of pulled out of Southern Detailers Conference. I hate to say that. Um, it just wasn't there this year it sucks right um yeah i'm not, I'm not going either yeah i just got to prioritize yeah prioritize. you know my my time needs to go elsewhere the money needs to go elsewhere so we're gonna go pretty big at scene this year bigger than last year um if you were there we're hoping to we're hoping to get a center floor spot if that if that allows um other than that man i i'm pretty content you know i'm, I'm gonna push hard with sb3 i i Sent you an email, by the way, which you should open if you already oh, did it. You know, no, I saw it. I'm just this as soon as we're done with this five day, I'll get on it. Yeah, I got it. Um, I, and I know I'm how it is, yeah. but we, I think, I think you and I might have something big coming up possibly, you know, in the next yep. year if we do it right. Um, but yeah, I that's it, man. We, we've added we're getting ready to add a new compound SB3. We're, we're going to change cool. one of our coatings over. To make it a little bit easier here in the next couple weeks, um, but again, I we're we're growing, just having fun, try to do the right thing, um, and oh, Freemasonry! I just became eminent commander, permanent commander number twenty-four in Lebanon, That's Pennsylvania. Cool. So Congrats. I get to run That's that awesome. for a year. That's a big deal. That finishes out um, something pretty big, and you know, hopefully, the future looks good for me in life, Masonry. Yeah, been married I think, 16, 17 years. 17 years I've been married. So you mentioned earlier horses and vet veterans. Okay. Yep. So Chris, you got those pictures? So I sure do. Hold on a second. Gina, Gina, we all took these guys out to meet our horses yesterday. Awesome. My horse, my horse is really shy. So <laughs> Gina got a kiss. Gina got a kiss from Rip last night. Uh he just loves and and, and, and here's Here's a cool thing is Chris gave me a book called Think Like a Horse. And I've seen it is, you know, horses, they're, 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 they're subject to attack. They don't, you know, they're constantly waiting for something to jump on their back. They've got a really good sense of danger and they got a really good sense of people. And so if you see a horse back away, sometimes just they'll back away. Diane's horse doesn't like anybody. Um, but Rip instantly with Gina was on her like, like you wouldn't believe he came up the first picture. He came up and sniffed her. The second one, he came up and he kind of touched her. And the third one, he's sitting here giving her kisses on the head. Um, it's awesome. Is, you know, and the reason why I mentioned this is that, you know, you talked about it, but you know, your therapy is that you, if you, all you do, and I, I, I want to, I don't care if you're 50 or five and you're, you know, you're going into business is this is an exploratory hug. He wanted to see if, if she was going to be okay with him giving her a kiss and, uh, you know, that was exploratory, but you've got to have an escape and the older you get every decade that goes by, learn something new. Don't be stale in doing what you know. 
I hadn't ridden in 30 years. That's an almost 1400 pound horse. Um, I was terrified. Uh, it's changed my life. I mean, between, you know, my wife, my kids, my dogs and my horse, it's just so therapeutic, uh, to have him and the connection's unbelievable. And so it doesn't have to be a horse. It can be anything. Uh, but I, I, I say have soul purpose. What's that mean? Is connect with souls, people, animals, whatever it is. Last question is one piece of advice you want to leave somebody today. Simple piece of advice. What would it be? Mm, wow. I hate these. And I think you know I hate these. <laughs> I do. Uh, one simple. You know what? I'm just going to say be yourself, man. You know? Okay. Be yourself. I, I, I think when there's all kinds of advice thrown out there in the world, blah, 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 every motivational speech you can find, just hop on Facebook or Instagram, read something, you'll feel better. You know, but in the end, I, I think too many people are trying to keep up with the Joneses. You know, that analogy, you know, um, and I was one of those people as well. But I, I've learned just to be myself. I found people like me better than the guy that was keeping up with the Joneses, you know? Heck yeah. And I, yeah. that's it. More authentic. And believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Yeah. You know? And celebrate your little victories. Yeah. There's a lot of people like, who celebrate their little victories. I, I celebrate every little yourself. victory. I'm happy, you know? Um, yep. It, yeah, so if you could just be yourself, you know, and be proud of who you are and understand who you are, I, I think the rest will follow, you know, um, and that's not really the easiest being yourself. No. You know, no. so, sometimes I, you know, it shows I, I, I got to say to myself, do you know what? I'll be back. I need five minutes. And I take those five minutes and I disappear, like leave me alone type deal. Um, but then, you know, another victory that I had personally was this year, this year. Well, I guess, yeah, January at Mobile Tech. I had a life-changing moment at Mobile Tech this year. And it was, one, the award was huge. But all these years running, you know this, going to shows, trade shows, you see these booths and they're filled and people are happy and everything's working. You know what it takes to go to a trade show and to actually have something fully work the way you want it to work. Um, I was 10 minutes late like normal getting into the show. And I, I had bags with me. I had a bunch of stuff at Mobile Tech. And I just, we, we finally got our first booth with a closet last year at Mobile Tech. Every year we're learning little things, you know. Closet's important. <laughs> I've learned that. But we, we finally got our first closet and had all this crap. And I wanted to get through my booth to the closet. And I'm talking 10 minutes into the show at Mobile Tech this year, the first day. Our booth was so packed. It's awesome. I could not walk into my own booth. There was not an avenue, a channel, nothing to get in. And as I walked up, I was tired. I was running late. I was frustrated because of myself that I was running late. And I got there and I sat back for a moment and I seen a presence of people smiling, people happy everybody was in the booth and it was just like uh, this is it man like 
This ain't this ain't the million dollars that I dreamed of. This ain't this ain't the high end car that I dreamed of. This ain't the lifestyle that I dreamed of. But this is home, and I got a packed house full of people that love each other around me. That's when I sat back and I thought, "Son of a bitch, I finally made it." There you go. You, you know what I'm saying? Like that felt good to say that I made it. Um, and that we, as a team, I shouldn't say I, because it's not me. SB3 is bigger than Barry Thiel. You know, like I see this here. It says Rennie Duel's podcast with SB3's Barry Thiel. It, it should say Rennie Duel's podcast with a huge team of people that help Barry Thiel. Yeah, you, absolutely. You, you know what I'm saying? You know how it is, man. Oh, yeah. Like, where would you be without Chris? You know? Oh, yeah. Um, it, where would I be without anybody? Yeah. I mean, there's 100, you know, there 150 yeah. people. Yeah. Without the mafia, without the Phil, I, I, I can go through it 100. It, it's exact, and your culture is so important that you recognize that. Yeah. And the people, you know? Yeah. So, 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 Dude, Barry, I want to think, how do people reach out and how do they find you? How do they get in touch with you? Um, honestly, if they, the best way now is to reach me out through email, barry at sb3coding.com. Um, I'm really cool. trying to prioritize certain avenues of social media now and trying to let go of some of the other channels of social media. Um, you, know what, you know what I'm going through, Ready? I'll let it at that. Um, yep. But... Yeah, that and my phone number, 717-875-8686. I'd rather have you call me, man. I could talk for two minutes, and we'll kill a 20-minute text conversation. You know? Right, there and, you go. Uh, before we go, I did want to say one thing. I, I know Oscar's there with you. And if, yep. I, if I've seen recently, Oscar got his RIT, right? With the IDA, he got something pretty big with the about IDA. To be. About to be. Huh? About to be. Yeah. And I, I wanted to congratulate him on that, you know, because right um, he did yeah, Oscar he's, certified. He's, he's making way. Yeah, he's, he's making way. Oscar made sure I was skills validated to make sure I knew what I was doing. So I wanted That's to thank it. him, for, you yeah. know, and uh, good luck to your class, man. I was more nervous than you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Well, hey, yeah. Barry, we want to thank you for coming on, man. And Thanks, guys. You know, we couldn't. We, we couldn't, we got to recognize right now some things that's gone on. We want to thank, you know, PNS, Double Black, uh, for backing us up, you know, the show. Also, you know, share it, man. You know, we, we, uh, you got to, if you like it, share it, you know, go out and, and tell somebody about the show of One Piece. We love to take and hear. Um, last, was it, I can't, in the last couple of shows, I got so many like messages on Instagram and Facebook about something we said. I love hearing that stuff, man. You know, that it's it's impacted your life. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, pay some bills. Go out, you know, two weeks ago. Uh, Double Black introduced new Defender SIO2 spray. It's incredible. Uh, we did Swift. Uh, incredible. Standby uh, in July. We're going to have something that we've been working with for two years that I've teamed up with somebody really special. Uh, so in July, we've got big news. Summer. Uh, this year we've got something really big. Our empire's growing a little bit, so a lot of cool shit good, going man. on in the industry. Barry, it's good to watch uh, watch you grow, dude. I'm proud of you. Thank you, guys. And uh, hey, everybody, go check them out online. And again, uh, live healthy, be happy, happy detailing all. We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening to the Rennie Doyle podcast, brought to you by Detailing Success and PNS Double Black. Listen to new episodes weekly and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
And don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues. 